Welcome everyone, and I'm Paul, and this is Explain It for the Sunday of the Transfiguration. The season of Epiphany um, answers the big questions for us, and, and the big questions are, uh, is God really among us? Is He with us? Or is He distant from His uh, creation and from His people? And uh, the other question is, if He's uh, among us, what's His heart like? Is He for us, or is He, is he against us? And the, uh, the season of manifestation, then, is epiphany, where God manifests himself in uh, the flesh, that he's among his people. And you see it in uh, the coming of the Magi. They come to worship the one born king of the Jews. Uh, in the baptism of Jesus, the voice from heaven says, this is my son, um, and the, the spirit descends like a dove. Uh, the story of uh, the boy Jesus in the temple, the, the wedding at Cana, and now in this Sunday, uh, the Sunday of the Transfiguration. And moving from there, then, uh, we begin to enter into the, the Lenten season. So the big questions are answered in Epiphany. Is God with us? Well, in Jesus, uh, the Word, the second person of the Trinity, takes on human flesh and dwells among us. And for what purpose? For what reason? Well, so that he might become sin for us, that he might pay the wage uh, for sin, that he might die for it, uh, defeat death, uh, that he is raised on the third day, puts all things under his feet. And so God is with us in Jesus, and God is for us. Now, the text is from Matthew chapter 17, and it says that after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared uh, before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So right, right in the very beginning, we have to get our, our frame of reference. The text says, after six days. Well, the after six days is the section uh, that speaks of the confession of Peter about who Jesus is. This is Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus asks his disciples, so who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others say one of the prophets. But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter uh, declares, uh, by the revelation of God, right? So this is revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the promised one, the anointed one. He is the Christ. Um, Jesus says, well, blessed are you, Simon, uh, on, on this rock, on this confession, I'll build uh, my church. But then he says something very interesting, and uh, he says, don't tell anyone. Now, usually you would think that if they recognize that Jesus is the Messiah, that the first thing that they should do is tell anyone and everyone that they, they see. But Jesus ha says to them, don't tell anyone. Well, why? Well, I find it helpful that if you have that why question when you're reading the scriptures, uh, don't stop and, and get stuck there, but just keep reading the text. So the remainder of the text is, uh, it, it tells us that from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, that he must be killed, and on the third day uh, that he would be raised to life. 
To which Peter, who just declared that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turns then uh, to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but, but the things of men. You're a stumbling block to me. And then he turns to his disciples and says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will, will find it. So Peter and uh, the disciples, they understood the person of Christ, um, that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. But what they didn't understand and what they weren't willing to embrace and to follow uh, was his work, that he must go to Jerusalem, that he must suffer, that he must die for the sins of the world, and on the third day be raised to life. To which then Peter says, this this shall never happen, this shall, this shall never be. Um, now, it's that time frame reference, after the six days. Uh, Jesus then takes these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he leads them uh, up to a high mountain by themselves. Now, Peter, James, and John are witnesses of Jesus um, and his work in a number of different ways here on the mountain. Um, and so they, they're eyewitnesses of his majesty. And they'll write about that uh, in their letters. Uh, they'll say, uh, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We heard and we, we saw. Um, so they just weren't with him, though, uh, on the mountain, eyewitnesses of this glory. But if you remember the Gospels, Jesus takes these three aside and he's there with them in the garden, asking them to pray for him. Uh, but their flesh is willing, or their spirit is willing, and their flesh is weak, and he comes back and finds them sleeping. Um, they're also eyewitnesses of what every, everything that happened in his passion. Uh, him being brought um, uh, before Pilate, uh, him being accused, him being crucified, uh, him being put uh, into the grave. So they're eyewitnesses of his glory, his majesty, when he's transfigured. They're eyewitnesses of his suffering, uh, but they're also eyewitnesses of, of his resurrection. Now, the text says that Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. So we don't hear that phrase transfigured often. Maybe we've heard, uh, you know, in science when we were kids studying butterflies, uh, the, the term metamorphosis. That's what really the word means, metamorphosis, transfigured. Um, so what happens here is that uh, something is hidden, uh, but now it is revealed. So Jesus doesn't like all of a sudden become the Son of God. He is the Son of God, uh, but he has humbled himself and he has taken on the very nature of a servant. So in his humiliation, in his ministry, he does not always reveal outwardly uh, his divinity. He, uh, he humbles himself. He um, lays it aside for a moment. So he, he's tired, right? Um, he's hungry. He suffers. He dies. 
He has all of these divine attributes, but he doesn't fully use them during this, this uh, ministry, his state of humiliation. But there are times when you see this glory burst forth, and this transfiguration uh, is one of those moments. His, his miracles are, are one of those moment, moments. So the transfiguration is, is there's something there, but it's hidden, and now all of a sudden it is revealed. So he's transfigured, the text says, and his face shines like the sun and his clothes become as white as the light. And then all of a sudden appears two uh, Old Testament um, individuals, Moses and Elijah, and they're talking with Jesus. So, you know, you always wonder, um, okay, here's Moses and Elijah. Why them? And what are they talking about? Well, Moses uh, is an frequent reference to the Old Testament books uh, uh, we call the Pentateuch or the Torah, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And uh, Elijah is the one who is uh, referenced as uh, the prophet or, you know, one of um, the chief of the prophets. So here you have the law and the prophets, the entire Old Testament um represented in Moses and Elijah. And they're talking with Jesus. So, I mean, you ever wonder what they're they're talking about? Well, the Gospel of Luke gives us um, uh, the substance of their conversation. So in Luke chapter 9, it's a, it's a parallel text uh, to Matthew, and it says, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. And they spoke, it says there, about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Uh, really, the, the word there uh, is exodus in the Greek, the departure or the, the exodus, his exodus. So you have the law and the prophets, um, Moses and Elijah, the whole substance of them talking about an exodus. So the Exodus is that key story where uh, the people of Israel are brought out of bondage, out of slavery, and the blood of the lamb is put on the doorpost and and the Lord leads them through the wilderness, uh, through the Red Sea, brings them to Sinai, provides for them manna and quail and water. Well, the entire Old Testament, you could say, is funneled, or Jesus is... um, uh, the recipient then of the Old Testament, that he, uh, all these prophecies are fulfilled or filled to the full in him. So yes, the Old Testament spoke of an exodus, a physical um, being brought out of slavery. But Jesus is the exodus, the real being brought out of slavery to sin and death and the devil. And he's the real manna in the wilderness, the bread of life. And he's the real living water. And he brings us through uh, the baptismal waters. And all of our enemies are drowned in the sea. And so Moses and Elijah are talking about his exodus, humanity's exodus. Now there's a voice. A voice just like at the baptism of Jesus that comes from heaven. And the text says that uh, while uh, he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now that's a, a sentence there, um, you know, broken up and it's, it's short, but 
each phrase has a reference again uh, to the entire Old Testament. And so the entire Old Testament could be summarized as the law and the prophets and the writings. And this little phrase, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased, listen to him, is just a reference to one of those portions of the Old Testament. The writings or the Psalm, Psalm 2 says, you are my son. And so if you had uh, grown up going to synagogue and reciting the Psalms and you came across this Psalm and it was this messianic royal Psalm talking about one day the King of David will come and this will be the Son of God. You are my son. Well, here's the voice. You are my son. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Well, that well pleased is from Isaiah 42, the prophet. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight, and I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. And then the last phrase, listen to him, is from Deuteronomy chapter 18, the promise that one day there will come the prophet, the prophet from among his own brothers, and we are to listen to him. God himself will put the words into his mouth and he will tell them everything and we are to listen to him. So this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So they understood then uh, his person, but they did not understand his work, the exodus. In fact, they didn't want to participate in this type of exodus, going to Jerusalem, suffering, dying. And they didn't hear, on the third day, you'll rise again. Jesus said it, but they were just overcome by all that preceded. You must suffer, you must die. They didn't understand his work. So from the Mount of Transfiguration now, they are to go. They are to go with him to Jerusalem. And there he will fulfill the exodus and he will rise again and he will rule and reign over all and he invites now all of us to join him also in that exodus so in jesus we have this wonderful uh, picture and with boldness and confidence we can say god in flesh is manifest among us god is with us but we also hold on that he became one of us that he took on human flesh so that he might become sin for us, that he might become our exodus as well.